You're tuned to the Business Rundown. Grab your coffee and enjoy. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Business Rundown. This is your host, Matt Sanchez, and I have your cho- co-host here, Chad Kraft. And today we have such a fun and exciting episode. Uh, fun if you don't like paying taxes or fun if you do like paying taxes. I guess it's, it's your choice. But today's topic. Hold on. I, I just have to interrupt you. Who do you know that likes paying taxes? <laughs> because I want to meet them. I, I don't think that I've ever heard somebody be like, oh, yeah, I I'm I love I'm just going to give this portion of my wallet, this pretty, pretty large, like 30 percent of my wallet to Uncle Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, because honestly, um, you would be surprised at the responses I've heard before, because. And I think this is, and I'm not trying to get political here. Okay, everyone feels differently on the political spectrum. I've definitely had a marketing campaign about how to do tax planning to reduce your tax liability, which is all totally legal. And there were people that would just give just massive pushback about, oh, well, I need to pay my fair share. And and so this is not about the conversation about paying fair share. This is not about your ideology, political ideology. Uh, Quite honestly, that is none of my business. And all I'm here to do is to help you accomplish your goals. Yeah, yeah. So if, uh, and and this is uh, something that you could also do. If you do like paying taxes, you could always just write them a check and donate it to them if you really want to. So you could take your make all, all the legal deductions, minimize your your legal liability, which you are required to do, and anything in excess of that that you want to do, you could always donate it, or you could donate it to the charity of your choice. Either way, it's your money. Do with it. The as charity, you the charity of my choice is the Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Oh so, man, that we, is ridiculous. So we, before yeah. we get started today, I do have to kind of disclaim, you know, so I am a certified financial planner. I've been a practicing financial planner for uh, about a decade now. Uh, I specialize in entrepreneurs. And so because I do this all the time, invariably taxes comes up because it's mm-hmm. one of the four main pillars that I talk to my clients about on how do we help them better manage their lifetime tax liability as well as helping them get more control over it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't put any time into thinking about it, you will probably default to paying the most. That is quite literally how the system is designed. So uh, we're not talking about tax avoidance. We're not talking about uh, anything illegal here. This is just how do you structure your affairs in such a way that is most beneficial to keeping more of your own money in your pocket. And that's it. So that being said, this isn't, uh, you know, tax advice. Uh, I'm not a CPA. I'm not your accountant. I'm not your financial advisor, unless you and I have a signed written contract. And in which case we probably have already had a different conversation. So I'm Mm -hmm. just disclaiming that now don't take this as financial advice as something that, I'm telling you to do talk to your professional. And if you, uh, and if you need help or you want to just go to businessrundown.com, go to our form there and you can certainly, you know, shoot in a message and 
go forward from there. So and and make sure that you put that you want to talk to Matt about taxes and don't put you want to talk to Chad about taxes because I will give you terrible advice if you follow anything that I say you probably will end up in jail. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just make sure you put the right person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right person in there. So that being said, let's dive in, into into taxes, tax planning and there is such a wide spectrum and I can tell you this, if, even for entrepreneurs, there are so many different tools and uh, tactics that you can be utilizing. It's difficult for most people to know what's the right one for them or mm -hmm. what they're doing may have worked for them in, the, in one situation, but they've grown to a different level. And so what I found is, I got a lot of friends that are CPAs. I got a lot of friends that are financial planners. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are attorneys. And even though a lot of them may have heard of some of these concepts, they have they don't see it in their practice on a day-to-day -day basis. So mm -hmm. even if they came across a situation, they may not recognize that you, it's a better fit for you to do something different, or they don't know how to implement that because this is not their specialty. So the first thing I'll tell you, if, if you're working with other folks, is uh, don't beat them up too bad uh, over this, okay? Uh, because I've had n numerous conversations with CPAs. Well, I've, I've heard of that, but I don't know how to do that. Well, that's why you're talking to me. So, mm -hmm. Well, and so something that I've noticed specifically with my, my work with CPAs and um, financial advisors, financial planners, um, is really creativity. So typically, you know, people like you, and I mean, in one, I think you're one of the most creative uh, financial planners I know, um, which which is good because like you're you're really good at coming up with business um, business ideas of being able to help people um, like with their business on different facets, like even on the marketing side, which is really impressive. Uh, you know, for someone who's dealing with finances every day um but thanks uh C um cpas like know everything about taxes but essentially and and this is the ones you know there there's definitely one that's not gonna be uh that's gonna be the exception to the rule right yeah. but generally it's you have to come up with the ideas based on what they tell you about tax law. And, um, that can be very tough for business. Owners. I know it's tough for me. And like what I did was I went on YouTube and watched a bunch of like videos of, you know, how to, um, how to minimize your tax bill as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I think that that's going to be the big, the big thing a lot of people want. So just like the top things to, uh, to be able to look out to write off the, you know, best strategies to, um, minimize that tax liability best as possible yeah and and there's there's a whole again this conversation going in a lot of different directions and yeah. why i just share maybe a story of how tax planning can be extremely beneficial for someone so let's say you're a solopreneur or you have a very small team of employees i'm not talking about contractors because contractors are different right mm -hmm. because when it comes to something like uh, your retirement plan. 
most people have heard of, oh, 401ks, right? Oh, I have a company 401k. And maybe the next level up is I have a profit sharing plan, right? Those are kind of two commonly used uh, plans. And you could stack that with, if you're eligible, depending on how you file and all that stuff, uh, just traditional or Roth IRAs, right, for you and your spouse, okay? So those are three probably on the easier end of the spectrum. It doesn't mm-hmm. require a lot of complexity. Now, some people are going to step up in complexity based on their needs or their uh, when they're filing. Maybe maybe it, it, we're in March right now and you didn't set up a, a, a 401k plan in the tax in the previous tax year, so you can't do that. You may have to default to something like a SEP or a simple uh, IRA. And again, lots of rules there, but it's going to allow you to deduct uh, or put more towards retirement plan contribution than just an IRA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's start talking about like next level stuff. Okay. And this is kind of like, I don't know if you see me on camera right now, I'm probably like got this big grin right now. Cause I'm, I, this is where I geek out because <laughs> this is a great, a great example uh, is a client of mine who has a small business and it's just her and she is absolutely crushing it. And so she has an income in excess of 600,000 a year. And she's just like, Oh my gosh, like I got to pay so much in taxes. And she was kind of like, like she just thought that there was nothing else she could do because she's Mm -hmm. asked her CPA, well, is there anything I could do to reduce my tax liability? And again, I'm not saying anything negative about uh, other people's CPAs, but if your CPA is a maybe more of a general practitioner, like they they take you know uh, they have a very wide variety of clients, they may not have the specialty to know that there are other things or how to implement other things or even who's a good resource to go to for higher mm-hmm. level stuff. Okay. So when I sat down with her, it was literally like two or three weeks before one of these uh, these deadlines to create some of these plans. And I was like, well, I was thinking about it over the weekend and I called her on Monday. I'm like, well, there's this like thing that you could be doing that I don't, that you're not doing, but uh, I don't know, might save you like 50 grand in taxes for this year. Yeah, <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, what did it was like, where, what is this? So, there are all different plan types, okay? Now, there is a difference between, like, tax deferral and, and just making the tax, like, erase. You, you can't just erase the liability. It, this is, like, a, a, a more advanced deferral technique. But you can take uh, what are called defined benefit plans and defined contribution plans. These are kind of the two main plan types. Well, they're on two different sides of the tax code. Okay, so a defined contribution plan are going to be your 401ks are going to be things where they define what's the maximum amount that you can contribute Mm. profit sharing Mm -hmm. plan. Right. Again, uh, that's it falls under one specific area like 401ks are 401 subsection K. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's under what's called ERISA law. Uh, I'm not trying to dive into all the laws. These can get extremely complex, and that's why if you have a lot of employees, you're definitely going to be working with a, it's called a TPA, third-party administrator, to help you make sure you are compliant, okay? 
Mm-hmm. And if, if you're thinking you're outgrowing some of these people, just you can reach out to me. I could introduce you to a number of phenomenal TPAs. Okay. Now, the next step is you could marry that plan with something called a defined con- uh, benefit plan. Okay. And that's where I was telling my client, well, you, you might be able to save about 50000 in taxes. So this is in addition to what they're already doing. Mm-hmm. So we're maxing out that 401k plan. We're maxing out that that profit sharing plan, and in the, in her particular in this particular case, they still have tons of money that they don't need, right? And so when we add on this defined uh, contribution plan, pardon me, defined benefit plan, uh, the maximum uh, amount that's deductible is around like 180 thousand, give or take, that you could put mm-hmm. in. Uh, into this plan. And so if you're at, say, I'm going to pull a calculator out right now, uh, but if you're making, a, uh, if you're deferring 180000 in taxes at, and you're, again, you're already in these top tax brackets, so you're either in the 32% bracket or the 35% bracket. If you're, if this comes off of the 35% bracket, that's 63000 in tax savings. If you're in the, um, uh, 32% bracket, that's $57,000 in tax savings. Mm-hmm. Pretty significant stuff there. Now, it is your own money, and you're going to keep it, but it's going to be in a retirement plan. And that's the drawback. So it's like you could either, you know, the way I look at it is the government is subsidizing a third of your retirement plan, right? You could give that money to Uncle Sam or you could put it into a retirement plan. The government's effectively, instead of you paying taxes, you're keeping it yourself, um, and it's just going to really reduce your liability. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, super exciting for her. She's like, wow, this is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And there are rules. It was super exciting for me, and I, I wasn't even there. <laughs> well, when you're, you're, you know, instead of having to write, like, a $50,000 check to Uncle Sam – and you get to see that it is yours, your, your own asset, feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. At, oh, yeah. At first, she's like, I, I don't believe you. Until until we actually file, I, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this type of plan, you're going to do for a minimum of three years. You don't have to max out the plan the whole time. Lots of different rules. Again, I don't want to overcomplicate it. But this is something where tax planning can really help you, Right. And especially if you have a smaller shop, uh, you're you're more of a solopreneur, or you have just a, a handful of employees, you can legally tilt these plans to give you, I don't know, 80, 90% of the benefit. You know, if the government's going to let you save like that much in taxes, they're going to want you to like, give a little bit to your employees. You know, so just be aware of that. It's not going to be like 100% to you, but, you know, 80, 90% of the benefits and just the tax savings alone more than pays for all of it. So mm-hmm. plus I think it's valuable to have that conversation with your employees. Like if you, and pretty much every entrepreneur I know truly values their employees. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of like, you know, giving them a direct raise, Hey, I'm increasing your salary by a thousand bucks or 2000 bucks. You're going to say, Hey, you know, I really value your service here. We've decided to add on another uh, retirement plan that is going to help you out, and we're going to contribute X thousand on your behalf every year. You know, as a way to say thank you. 
Yeah. And I think that's a powerful conversation to have in and of itself mm-hmm. because obviously you want your employees to be happy. You want them to feel rewarded and valued. But when we look at retirement plans in America, most employees are not saving enough. So mm-hmm. you're really, true. I mean, if you ask them, I'm sure they're going to say, yeah, give me the check. I'd rather have it. Who wouldn't say that? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's that mindset. Um, and, and I don't know if it's led by, uh, arrogance. I think if it were me, it'd be led by arrogance, but, um, it's that mindset of, Oh, well, like I can make, I can turn that thousand dollars into more if I have it. Right. And it's like, yeah, you theoretically could, but a lot of people don't. Um, and that's kind of why, uh, we've talked about this before, but like the lottery, right? The majority mm-hmm. of people, when they get the, that huge sum of money, spend it all, yeah. right? They go, go bankrupt within a year. And, um, I think that's powerful one. It's, you know, they haven't been trained in, um, being comfortable with having wealth, but two, it's generally they choose if it's one of the big ones they choose the lump sum, which means they get it all versus um, the annuity option, which is paid over the course of, of 30 years, basically giving you, because they're like, Oh, well, I, if I get it all now, I can turn that into even more. Mm-hmm. But it if could, you're not, a, it could be part of that, yeah. or it could be, you know, maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck. I mean, how many uh, yeah. Americans are living paycheck to paycheck? You got bills you want to right? So by going this route, you're you're really giving a future benefit to these employees and uh-huh. again there are lots of rules around this stuff we don't have the time and and this is just not the forum to even have this conversation <laughs> sure right yeah but i will say for those who find this type of stuff benefits them there is a massive opportunity right and you don't even have to put like all $180,000 away right every mm-hmm. year for you know however long right you don't have to do that. Um, but, you know, maybe it's, I've had a couple of clients where, hey, you know what? I've already maxed out all my other plans and hey, I, I, I'd like to put another 50 away. Cool. Right. I mean, even 50,000 saving 30% of that in taxes, you know, that's pretty good chunk of change right there. So mm-hmm. I, I, again, I, I say that just because there are other options. Matt, how are you doing this? How is this legal? Again, uh, these are just different parts of the tax code that we're going to put together to maximize your benefit. So mm-hmm. we took the defined contribution side, again, those traditional 401ks, profit-sharing type plans, and we're going to marry that with the pension side, which is a different part of the tax code, also known as defined contribu- uh, pardon me, defined benefit plan. Mm-hmm. And that is how we can combine these benefits to really maximize tax uh, your, your, minimize your tax liability, at least for that year. Again, we can have a whole other conversation. How do you do this over your lifetime? And, um, you know, let's say, I don't know, here's a fun thing that I like. Okay. I get okay. on this stuff uh, a lot, yeah. kind of a fun concept. So the yeah. minimum you're going to do this type of plan for is a minimum of three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And let's just say you got through your whole three years and it's like you wake up and you decided to retire. Right. Well, you're going to first close down that plan. And then at that point, you could assume, and I'm going to use a solopreneur's case. You know, it can be more complex when you have 
the employees, you can just roll over your portion into your IRA, okay? Because again, we're on a tax deferred basis. Mm-hmm. And then assuming tax laws haven't changed, which they haven't yet. And of course this stuff can always, you know, so when you're listening to this, you're listening to this like years from now, tax laws may have changed. But right now, totally legal, you can just do a massive Roth conversion, okay? So let's say, for example, you want this to grow tax-free. So if I, I'm going to assume zero growth, if I put 180000 a year for three years, that's $540,000, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've already had, you, you've obviously had that type of income for several years to have been able to even do all this. Well, once you're retired, and I'm assuming that you're going to do this in maybe a year after you sold your business and after you've got big chunks of money, right? Well, in a low income year, then you look at maybe doing a Roth conversion, right? Mm. So take, cause then it, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll zip it. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll think about it this way, right? So now we take it from pre-tax to post-tax. You're going to have to pay the taxes on it. Again, mm-hmm. you probably should have already done some tax planning. Again, this is a multi-year strategy. I'm laying out something that, a minimum of four years, maybe five, right, for something to implement something like this. And then yeah, you need to have that money ready to pay the taxes for that, estimating taxes. Again, not getting into all that. That's between you and your CPA and you and the IRS. But if you do tax planning with me, I integrate all that all together. But neither here nor there. Now you got 540000 from pre-tax to after-tax, and all that money is going to grow on a tax-free basis. Mm-hmm. That is powerful. Okay? Yes. Yeah. So now when you're retired, you're going to have three buckets of money. You're going to have after-tax money, so money that's already been taxed, that all the growth is tax-free, or if you take it out as income, that's tax-free income. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a bucket of tax-deferred money. Again, you should still should have been building up your 401Ks, IRAs, etc. And then you're going to have all this taxable money because if you sold your business, you got a big windfall and you can't put it all into retirement plans. You could put it, it's all taxable. So you've really built three buckets of wealth. Some is taxed today, some is taxed tomorrow, and some is taxed never again. And Mm -hmm. so when you have those those opportunities where, I don't know, like one of my clients decided that they wanted to buy a a house in Mexico and it was $200,000, okay? Well, because we have three buckets of money to pull from, and we ended up like, spreading this out over like two different tax years. Ultimately, for that, uh, and then we did like tax loss harvesting. We did like all these other like tax tricks, um, mm-hmm. all hundred percent legal. Uh, I think they only paid like eight thousand in taxes. Wow! So cost them two hundred eight. Yeah. As opposed to if you just had all of your money into a four hundred one k or an IRA. And you pull all that money out. That's going to be at, again at the highest tax brackets. Uh, let's say it's twenty four percent, the twenty four percent bracket. That's a very normal bracket to be in, uh, assuming you're retired and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, Two hundred thousand. That, that's at twenty four percent. That's forty eight thousand in taxes. So that two hundred thousand dollar house actually costs you just shy of two hundred fifty thousand, as opposed to two hundred eight. So that's mm-hmm. Again, another thirty plus thousand in tax savings, mm-hmm. right? And that's just using the 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 concept of structuring your transactions to minimize your tax liability. 
So those are maybe just a couple of, of examples of as an entrepreneur, uh, I don't think it's the end all be all is to pay zero. Uh, I, I, there's there's a handful of people who, who do that. Uh, they have teams and teams and teams uh, of folks that they hire to, to do that kind of stuff with. You're probably not in that category if you're listening to us. Mm -hmm. But I've done it once. <laughs> Um, but it was also my first year where I made barely anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I think we've all had, we've all been there at least once. Right. Yeah. But I'm talking about, you actually have gobs coming in. Right. Yeah. And that is a part of me where, where I'm going with, you know, looking at your, your whole situation, looking at opportunities that you may not be aware of. And mm -hmm. then how do we structure things? And I like to look at from the lens of, over your entire life, how do you minimize that liability, mm -hmm. right? There are different tools and, and tactics that we're going to use at different seasons uh, of your life. And it's really about uh, – it's playing offense with your taxes as opposed to defense. Because mm -hmm. I think most people and, – and I've been there – early on in my career, it was you talk to the, 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 the accountant or the tax person once a year. Here's my documents. Thank you very much. What do I owe or what am I getting back? Right? Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about here, tax planning, is offense. How can I actively think about my situation over a number of over, – over a multi-year period to minimize the, the ultimate result, which is paying uh, taxes? And if you have that mindset um, – yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time, but that's what it's all about, right? And, and again, in cases like this where you're saving, you know, you know, chunks of thirty thousand dollars at a time, it's worth it. If you did that for ten years, that's an extra three hundred grand. Mm -hmm. Not a bad way to go. So no, no, not at all. Um, so I I think we should wrap up here in a, a minute. But I want to know what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen business owners make when it comes to taxes that um, could be easily avoidable or just brought to their attention so that they, you know, future entrepreneurs don't make those mistakes. Yeah. I think that the, the first thing is, is just not being proactive. It's not, to, you know, most people will spend more time researching the iPhone or phone that they're going to use for the next two to three years than they will about how to minimize their, their tax liability. Mm -hmm. you know, or the next car they're going to buy, right? You're going to spend more time thinking about buying a liability than you are thinking about how you can minimize your tax liability that could even pay for that. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah, I'd say that's the number one mistake. Now, if you're a startup, you're just getting started. Probability is there's not much, right? Your CPA or your tax advisor is probably going to say, Here's like the, the standard things that you can do, right? But if you're getting to a point where you're making a, a, a decent chunk of change here, right? That's probably where you're outgrowing that basic level of advice that, pardon me, mm -hmm. that advice that you would get like on say like a YouTube, right? I've seen all those things. Uh, I still look at it from time to time just to see if there's anything new I haven't uh, seen before, but mm -hmm. I would say the first thing is just 
take a little bit of time to be proactive rather than reactive. That's a big win right there. And I would say that the next major tip I would say when it comes to taxes is um, make sure you have the right team. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, having the right team is so important. And that's why I, from like my planning philosophy is all about integrating all your advisors together as opposed to if you only look at a decision based on taxes, you may make the wrong decision. Or I shouldn't say the wrong decision. You're not going to make the optimal decision, right? Just as if you only make a decision based on, I don't know, investments or cash flow or estate. Like your tax and, and your estate plan should almost go hand in hand, assuming that you're going to, especially if you're concerned about estate taxes, like they should be done together. You know, but mm-hmm. I am I've, yet to have met a client or a prospect who's told me that they've had meetings with their accountants and their lawyers at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, they may occasionally have like a, their financial advisor reach out to their CPA. I've actually I'm I've only met one person who said that 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 they've had an advisor done, done that once. But for me, that's like standard practice. If I don't know these people. That's a problem. You know, so when what we do is I under I'm as a financial planner, I'm probably going to talk to you more often than you're going to talk to your CPA. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you tell me things, it should set things off. I'm like, oh, that's a question for so and so or you know what? There may be more opportunities here. Right. And then I'll reach out to their their advisor, tax advisor and say, hey, this situation is going on. This is what I think uh, we should be looking at. You know, is there anything that I'm, I'm missing or that, uh, you know, they may have their, their own two cents, right? I would rather us hammer out what's the best thing and be in total agreement with that together. And then we could go back to the client and say, you know, after looking at everything from every different perspective, here's what we think is the best thing for you to do. Because... I've had situations where uh, a client just decides that willy-nilly they're going to do something that they saw on YouTube. They didn't do it right. And if we <laughs> didn't fix it, they were going to mm-hmm. set off some red flags. Yeah. And so I guess that would be my third thing is just because you see something on YouTube does not mean that it's what you should be yeah. doing. And mm-hmm. that I would say those are kind of the, the, the three things, right? Number one, be proactive. Number two, make sure your advisors are are regularly speaking with each other. And number three, uh, don't just do things on YouTube because it sounds good. Talk to your advisors first. And mm-hmm. I would say if you do those three things, you're probably going to end up all right. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, this was a, a really good episode. I think a lot of good advice came from it. Um, so if you're listening and you're like, wow, this is a lot of, a lot of stuff coming at me, kind of like drinking, um, from a, from a, a higher hydrant. hydrant. Yeah. It's like, you don't want to, uh, you, you know, you need time to, to sip, but, uh, go to businessrundown.com, uh, sketch, uh, use our contact form, contact Matt. If you have any questions or if you're like, you know, I need an advisor or I need the CPA, I don't really know of anybody. Uh, Matt's connected with people um, all across the country. He'd be able to point you in the right direction and possibly be able to help you 
um, as well. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and do that. Thanks for, for listening. Thanks for all the great advice, Matt. And we will see you oh, yeah. next and time. Remember, it's oh. not advice, right? I, I'm, all, okay. I'm only educating you. And, <laughs> yes, <I'm> sorry. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is uh, for me. I can say I'm giving advice because nothing rides on it. I can I be like, oh yeah, that. you know, I'm not your, you, you know, uh, attorney's gonna like be like, Chad, Chad, don't don't say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is edge. Uh, what is it? Edutainment, right? There we go. Edutainment. Yeah. Um, do not do anything that Matt suggested without talking to your advisor and CPA first. There we there go. There you go. That's that's the way to go. Thank you, um, uh, my 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 uh, insurance or my ENO or somebody's going to be like appreciate the disclosures. So yeah, <laughs> all right. They're like that that Chad guy almost almost got you uh, got you in big trouble. Not me. Uh, no, just uh, <laughs> y'all have a good one. Okay. Stay blessed. Have yep. a, a wonderful day and. Uh, 